me. All right. So, ladies, what a special day has already been. Pastor Paul Ruzinski is here with us um, from Resonate Church in Nuego. And let me just say, I know, they've just become beautiful friends of ministry. But my, I, I just want to say, I just consider you guys personal friends. And they don't even know it, but I consider them mentors. <laughs> because you tell it to me straight, Pastor Paul. And um, there have been times when I say, oh, yeah, God showed me this. And then he shows me what God really showed me. And it's always a deeper thing, and it's always done a real work in my heart. And so I just thank you for sowing into my life, both of you. Colleen's been um, very supportive of a lot of things happening here, as well as our midwinter getaway. She always brings a group from Resonate. So we love their church. Welcome him. He has got an amazing word for us today. Thank you, Karen. I'm going to teach on the lies of Ruth. No, just kidding. Okay, just, just, just. Okay. That was a lie. Okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to correct Karen's doctrine before she starts. No, just kidding. Awesome. Well, Karen, when I first saw you this today, I just really felt, uh, and I saw over you, promotion and um, an increase. And, uh, and so that was very interesting. And, and so you need to embrace that. Um, it's almost like um, uh, uh, authority, like a queen, authority. And I don't know, you know, that would be the best way for me to say it. You know what I mean? Because we all have a crown. We all have authority, but there's positions in the kingdom there's positions that happen. And as you rise in those things, uh, there, there's more responsibility, more responsibility to be in the word and in prayer and things like this, but yet without works. And as you were saying, when you were talking with the Lord and you weren't being truthful, you were kind of like coming in a way that you thought he might like you to come. Um, sometimes you just got to go perform and, and just, 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 I'm going to say a word that's probably not appropriate. Sometimes you just got to go, holy shit, this is terrible. You know what I mean? And uh, if I could just say it that way, I'm de- it, my wife's going to yell at me later. But there's times, the, the, one of the most significant things that, that happened in my life is I was just really raw before the Lord. And you, know, and you might not say it that way, but you know what I mean? I did. I just went before the Lord, and I just went, this is a bunch of boom, and I just kind of went like this. And, and, and he just ministered to me so right. awesome. Why? Because... In my mind and in my heart, that's what it felt like. And, and going before him, he's God, he's king. And there's, I don't do that often. In fact, I've only done it a few times. Okay. And, 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 but this is, this is the thing I want to communicate, especially to you, but to all of you women. If you don't go before him raw and honest with what you're feeling and what you're dealing with and what's before you, he's not going to be able to deal with you honestly and accurately. You will get the quality of answer based on the quality of your question. And so if you go before God thinking, I can't really tell him how I feel right now because it's a little carnal. Okay, well, he knows. <laughs> it's not a surprise to him when you're going, this feels like blank, and I am really mad, and I'm not, I'm not dealing with this right, but this is how I'm feeling, and, I, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just, that's a general. You're going before God, and you have to open up your heart and say, I know I'm not dealing with this right, but if I don't come to you and express to you the way I feel, I'm not going to get the right answer. 
Because we go to God and we ask a question that is religious and he's going to give you probably an answer according to your question. Now, sometimes he doesn't. Praise God. Sometimes we're like Nicodemus and we go, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you got to get born again. Okay. Nicodemus was like asking questions that were completely, it's like Jesus didn't even hear him and just says, you need to get born again. And at those times, you know that the Lord's leading you and he's going, you have no ability to even grasp what's going on. So let me just tell you. Now, as Karen is embracing this new place of authority and rising up in this, guess what? You get to honor that. You get to embrace that. You get to pray for that. Okay. Because she'll probably be coming off with some things that are very authoritative. Okay. That's okay. She'll present it in a really cool way and it'll be awesome. But you need to follow. Oh, isn't that a beautiful word? Well, I don't follow anybody but Jesus. Okay, you little rebellious thing. You've been, you've been uh, listening to the doctrines of demons, if you believe that. God placed in the church these. And this is nothing of what I intended to speak about. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? He placed these. In the man, I just sound big in here, don't I? Okay, yeah, anyway. So, um, if I need to grab a handheld, let me know and I will just do that. But he placed those in the body of Christ. Paul the apostle said, Follow me as I follow Christ, didn't he? He didn't say, You just follow Jesus, he said, You follow me as I follow Christ. And a true humble leader, which Karen is, she's been in this for a while, she's allowed me to say things to her, and I've seen her. I have people in my life that do the same thing to me. And humility is the sign of greatness. Yes, true. Leaders, especially when they're strong, they might do things that are, you know, make a mistake or something like that or whatever. But you know what? When they're confronted with it, they recognize it and go, oh. But there's sometimes that you might think that the leader was wrong and you go to try to, like, they were wrong. And the Lord, if you'll go to him in prayer, he's going to go, no, they're not. No, they're not. I remember one time somebody did something very evil to me. I'm talking very, very evil. I won't describe what it was, but it was very evil. And I went to Pastor Dwayne, and I said, Pastor, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, Paul, stop. And I go, but, but, he goes, stop. He goes, you have one option, forgive. I'm going, but you don't have, and he, I mean, the man is not letting me talk. Puts up his hand. Pastor Dwayne does this, Paul. If you've never seen that, you've not been in trouble yet. Okay, and so Pastor Dwayne goes, Paul, you have one option, forgive. Get out of my office. Okay, so me being the holy man I am, I left, I slammed his door. Ooh, I'm his kid, I can get away with it. He loves me, it's awesome, he knows who I am. You know, bam, and I go... And I sit down and I go, Lord, he wouldn't even listen to me. He wouldn't even, boom. And the Holy Spirit goes, you have one option. <laughs> okay. 
So I was the only one that thought he was wrong. <laughs> the Holy Spirit obviously didn't think he was wrong, right? And I just remember that so well. And it was like, wow, you know what? He didn't need to listen to the garbage because the answer was the same. Amen? Can we just do the answer? Amen? Brought freedom. You know how, you know how long I held that against that person? <laughs> I knelt down in my office and said, Lord, I forgive. <laughs> forgive me. I choose to forgive. Amen. You know what was happening at that moment? The kingdom of God was being manifest. I didn't like it at the time. But the kingdom of God was being manifest in my presence through, Paul, you have one option. Forgive. I don't think that Pastor Dwayne at that moment said, oh, I think I have a word from God for you. The rebuke was a manifestation of the kingdom of God. I received it as that and changed my life. And probably I'm still in ministry today because I've lived that from that day forward. And that was 20 some years ago. Great words. If, Pastor Duane, if I don't ever remember anything that Pastor Duane ever said or did, I have that one down. You ever have one of those moments? You know, somebody says something to you and you maybe didn't even like it, but man, it just echoes in eternity. Amen. I want to echo in your eternities today. I don't know that that'll happen, but I pray that it will. And maybe it did already this morning, just knowing that your friend is a hero. And you got to remember that. Uh, because... She, with her husband and family, which I don't know, um, said, we choose God in his ways no matter what the outcome is. Oh, heroes, thank you, Jesus. Man, what an honor it is to know people like that. Amen? So when it comes to manifesting the kingdom of God, I think that there's things that need to happen. And I think there's a progression of things, but yet they're also individual. Okay, and I'm going to give you four things quickly. I'm going to give you four stages of development in manifesting the kingdom of God. Some stories that... I'll just see what stories come out as we go. How's that sound? <laughs> My wife says, sounds good. Four, four stages of manifesting the kingdom of God. Number one, love displayed within the family. The second one will be love displayed to the world. Third one is love displayed to God. And the fourth one is love displayed from God through you. Let's look at this. Number one. Well, let's look at the scripture. This is interesting. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, which is the last, and then 14, 1. It says, and now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Which one's the greatest? Because the only one's worked by this. And uh, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But what most people do is pursue spiritual gifts and desire love. <laughs> yeah, 
That's amazing. You, if God says something, people usually do the opposite. Why? Because what God says is spirit-driven, and what we do usually is flesh-driven. I desire and pursue spiritual gifts. Why? Because maybe I don't feel as good about myself as I should. And if I have a word for somebody, then I'm important. And they'll think I'm important. I'll feel important because I just heard from God. But there's a whole group of people that said, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And he goes, I didn't know you. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? So people who don't really know God can flow in his kingdom, and the answer is yes. So don't think because I'm being used by God that that makes me... Well, God's still using me. That has nothing to do with your relationship with God. That has everything to do with his desire and his word that he has eternally put out into place that will work for anyone. Why? Because he, he can't lie. He said this is truth, and if you flow with it, this is faith, and if you flow with it, it's going to work whether you're close to him or not. So love is displayed within the family. John 13, this is a pillar of discipleship. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay, so this is manifestation of the kingdom. You want everyone to know that you're a disciple and to know that that discipleship is from God? Guess what he says to do? Love one another. Oh my gosh. And so the love that you have for one another, the ladies at your table, your friends, the body of Christ, is going to manifest the kingdom of God to the world because they're going to look at you and go, people don't do that. People don't hang out like that. People don't sacrifice for one another. That does not happen. How about right now, you know, the body of Christ, you know, we've got all kinds of things happening, you know, going all over the place and all over the world, you know what I mean? I gathered the pastors in our community and says, let's do something together to help with the hurricanes that hit. Let's, we're doing something very specific for the pastors in those communities. The body, loving the body. Laying down our lives, our treasure, our gifts, our people are going down. To help pastors. You know, during uh, Katrina, 40% of the churches closed and never reopened. You know why? Because the body didn't love the body. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to what? Lay down one life for, for her daughter. No greater life. See, the love of God, the love that we are to love each other with is an unselfish love, right? John, 1 John 4, 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is. Therefore, I can work in all the gifts of the Spirit, but not do it in love. But the mark of me knowing God is what? Come on. My wife's like, come on, man. Let's do it. <clears throat> you know, and, 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 and so what does that look like? What does love look like through you? It's interesting because God's awesome gift of love through my wife looks different than it does through me, which I love. It's kind of fun watching it happen. 
through her. And it just does different for me. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, you know, we'll go anywhere. I mean, and it's just, you know, last year at Art Prize, you know, we, after I ministered here, we went down to spend a night in Grand Rapids and went to Art Prize and it was awesome. We were thinking about doing that. We're just like, okay, we're just chilling, man. I'm tired. Let's just chill. You know, we've been busy, busy, busy. So we got to, we stayed at the Amway and we kind of just were going to spend a day and chill. I mean, we couldn't even get out of the stinking motel without praying for somebody. You know what I mean? And then they were going along, and there's a couple of veterans, and it was like, hey, just talking, hey, you know what? And we end up ministering to them and praying for them, and boom, boom, and Colleen just says hi to somebody, and all of a sudden there's <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing the ministry opportunities I have because she says hi to somebody. It is. It's amazing. But you see, if we get selfish with my time, this is my time, and then God can't do what he needs to do at that moment. Those people that needed that prayer needed that prayer then. And it didn't matter that I was tired. It didn't matter that we were trying to rest. It just mattered that they were there and we were there, and love lays down their life for them. There's a revival happening at our gym. It's amazing what's happening. You could have church at the gym at almost any given time. And it just started by, by, hey, what's your name? And then, you know, start ministering to people and start talking to some people. And the, and the one guy goes, um... You know, I, 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 it's a long story, but, you know, I ended up taking him out for lunch and just kind of dialoguing with him and stuff like this. And he goes, your, your Christianity is different than the other people. I'm going, well, I'm not sure there's two kinds. Why don't you describe this to me? And what he had seen was Christians being mean, being critical being judgmental. And what he saw in Colleen and I and, and a few other people from our church was not that. Where there's gay people in the gym that we're friends with and, and hug when we see them and hang out with them and, and stuff like that. You hug a gay person? I know, I don't know if they're attracted to me or not, and I don't get it, and I'm not sure if I should hug them or not, you know what I mean? I get all that, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, I do. I just go, hey, what's up? You know, come on, you're getting a good workout in, awesome, you know what I mean? I get, you know, Jesus loves you, you know what I mean? He, you know, he's kind of cool, you know? You know, come on. But they don't mind hearing about Jesus when they get a hug. <laughs> Okay, just saying. <laughs> Love displayed within the family shows the world that we are as disciples, and it speaks loud. Yes, it okay. And so learning to love the unlovable even within the body is important. Embracing those who are hurt, because most people that are abrasive are just hurt. 
and they don't want to get hurt again. And so you got to go in there, whether they like it or not. But you got to do it wise. You know what I mean? Got to do it wise. Amen? But get in there. Love displayed to the world. How does that happen? Number two, love displayed to the world. This is how ministry happens. This is how we demonstrate the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, and 23. And actually, the point I just made about the gym probably fits with this one more. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so I don't have to give law because I'm not living under law. I don't have to give law because I can give fruit. I was waiting for somebody to shout amen or something. Come on, man. I need some help out here. Come on. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't have to give law. I can give fruit. Amen? They don't need law. You don't need law. You don't like law. They don't like law. Right? But I can give fruit. If I give fruit, the kingdom's being manifest. Right? The world will see God in you when you give fruit. But the problem with fruit is you got to discipline yourself. Your flesh needs to hear no. Love displayed in joy. You ever feel grumpy? That's not the fruit. (laughs) Come on. Sometimes you just got to go, I'm going deep (laughs) because I need to. Amen. You know, I've got employees, and when they come on, new people come on, you know, staff and stuff like this, and sometimes they display, you know. And I go, I ain't paying for that. (laughs) I like coming to work. (laughs) I want to have fun when I get here. (laughs) And you're hurting that. And I'm the boss. (laughs) I don't pay for attitude. Now, if they're hurting in ministry, that's a whole other thing. The whole team will gather around them and stuff like this. But if you're just having a bad day because you're tired, grow up. Come on, if it's that time of month, grow up. I'm serious. Doggone it. God didn't curse you and don't call it the curse. Amen. We wouldn't allow that in our home. Uh Uh-uh. No, just means your body's healthy, man. It's going through this the way God designed it. And if you'll start talking right about it, your body will start responding correctly. Power your words. It works. I'm just saying. I can't do that in front of a bunch of men. I'll tell you that right now. The world sees law and judgment all the time, but they don't see fruit, and they need to see fruit. And look what the, you know, learn the fruit of the Spirit. That would be one of the best things you can do for your spiritual maturity. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, long-suffering, kindness. Man, if you've got kids, memorize long-suffering and kindness. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, it is really a gift of God for you to mature. Come on. Marriage is that way, too. Everybody thinks, oh, we get married, it's all going to be good. No, marriage was designed to stir things up and to bring things up that weren't evident before. You know why? So that that stuff can come up so it can get out and and you can grow closer to God and then closer to your spouse. 
And then you have kids, and it happens all <laughs> over again. Okay? Boom. And then she's like, it's done. Great. They're out of the house. It's awesome. And then they have kids. Grandkids stir up different stuff. It is a whole plan of God to stir up, to cause you to become mature. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfecting work. That's my translation. Perfecting work that you might be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so instead of going to the flesh... How many times do I got to tell you? Oh, I hate this, but, you know, I mean, I've heard people go, one, two, three, four. Like, what do you do? What do you do? Are you teaching your kid to count, or are you just teaching them that your word is no good until three or four? Now, you can just close your mouth. I'm going to deal with this. They're not going to learn one, two, three, because I'm not a liar until three. Honey, we're going to deal with this. But mommy's not going to do it right now because I'm not in the fruit of the spirit. (laughs) So we're going to do a timeout while I go pray. Because if you demand a reaction right now, I remember my daughter going, I want an answer now. I go, no, you don't. <laughs> you do not want the answer right now. Well, I'm, I, want it. I want it now. I said, no, you don't, honey. You better get out of my place. You get out of my face. You go to your room because you're going to get my wrath right now. You don't want that. And she learned what dad says goes. I remember one time her friends were over, and you know, they're hanging out. And I said, you guys can stay up all night, but don't wake me up. You don't literally, you know, I mean, I go and like, hey, girls, okay, okay, okay. You can stay up, but you're going to talk softer. You're, you're, you're a little too loud. Go, I, I walk in and I go, okay, if this happens one more time, I'm bringing a hose in here and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hose you all down. <laughs> My daughter's friend goes, you would not. My daughter goes, don't you even go there. <laughs> Don't dare him. (laughs) He doesn't care if my room is flooded. He does not care if we're soaked. He does not care. He will do it. Don't do it. Guess what? I went to sleep. Amen. (laughs) Then he went down. Why? Because, you know, anyway. Okay. (laughs) Good story. Love displayed to God. Okay, so the fruit of the Spirit, learn them, stuff like that. Live them, discipline yourself. This is where, okay, I believe in the fruit of the Spirit. This is where you deny yourself. You take up your cross and follow him. Because the fruit of the Spirit, living from that, and you will develop and grow spiritually more than anything else by developing that because now you're living by the born-again Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, but you're going to have to say no to your flesh a lot. Joy's not always going to be the, you get to choose joy. You, peace. Do you know that peace is a part of what's in you and you can dig deep and grab that? Come on. You know, look at, look at some of the stories of people that have been in terrible situations. Uh, let's just say like Corey Ten Boom and her sister, whatever her name was. And she didn't write a book. She died. Anyway, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. But her sister helped her to get peace in the middle of a concentration camp. 
And she ended up falling in love and praying for those who were abusing her. You can grab that. Okay, and just remember that the next time you're wanting to get into turmoil. You're not in a concentration camp with, with people that want to abuse you and kill you and are starving you. Joy, peace, anyway. Love displayed to God. I love this. Are you ready? John 14, 21, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amen? What is the new commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and your neighbor as yourself was the old, old way. Neighbor as yourself. Now he says, you ready? To love your neighbor as him. Love others. Lay down your life. Love. Remember the first point? If you love one another, your disciples, love like he loves. He says, love as I loved you. You love one another as I loved you. So now it's not love your neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor like he loved you. Did he forgive you? Forgive your neighbor. Did he give his life for you? So this is a whole other commandment, isn't it? He says, if you will start to take his commandments and do these things, he's going to manifest himself to you. You see, part of the displaying the kingdom of God and manifesting the kingdom of God is taking the manifest presence with you. The other day, and I don't remember the exact situation, but I remember the reaction. And this person says, I like being around you. And I go, well, oh, that's nice. Why? You know, it goes, I have peace when I'm with you. What is that? I go, oh, that's easy. That's my Jesus, and that's my Father, and we just, we hang out together. So when I come around, peace comes around. Because I love him, and I keep his commandments, so he manifests. And it's amazing the opportunities that come for ministry, because he keeps manifesting, and he pulls on people's hearts. And people say this to me all the time. I have no idea. I have never opened up like this. I have never shared this with anyone Oh, that's okay. That's my father manifesting because he wants to heal that. So he, he did that. I was with a, with a soldier the other day, and he just poured out his heart. Oh, my gosh. You know, just this happens to me all the time. And then they go, you weren't in the military? And I go, no. I have never told anyone that has not been in the military what I just shared with you. Why is it so easy to pour this out to you? I go, because I love my father and I keep his commandments and he manifests. And what he did is he wanted to touch that part of your heart. And so he opened it up. You see, it's important that we, that we love God and keep his commandments and don't play games with God. Can I share that with you? Can I just say it that way? Because the church plays a lot of games with God and, and this sloppy grace 
plays games with God. And grace, the Bible says grace will teach you to deny ungodliness. Grace is designed to conquer sin in your life, not to overlook sin in your life. Okay? And you're not going to be perfect. Trust me. I try, and I just don't make it. But the grace of God, when I'm pursuing him and I'm using that grace to conquer the sin in my life and using that grace to get my thoughts under control and using that grace to do this, the grace of God covers everything. But if I try to manipulate and use the grace of God to excuse my sin, then I'm going to miss the manifest presence. This is good stuff. And because of time, we're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things be added unto you. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your possessions, the first fruits of all your increase, and so your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vets will overflow with new wine. Amen. And he'll even give you new businesses. I mean, you know, it's just awesome. You know, many of the gifts of God have to be sought out. And many times people are like, but God, you promised. Why not? Why isn't it happening? Well, maybe you're not asking the right questions. You're not pursuing and seeking out the promise manifest. And so you could have gave up, Karen. You could have quit. A great example. Could have quit. But instead, we're driven somehow or brought to somehow asking the right questions. And then it brought the right results. And so when you see a promise unmanifest, I've even done this. Lord, I don't even know what to ask you but I ask that you teach me because I'm not seeing what I know you said is true. Amen? Good preaching, brother. Amen. So (laughs) seek first, honor God. These are all ways of keeping his commandments. Honor God with your first fruits of all your increase, you know what I mean, And, and with your possessions. Do you have anything in your home that you would be embarrassed if he showed up? Can he look in all your drawers? Can he look in your journal? Now, you might write things in your journal, and trust me, there's temptations that come to you. There's thoughts that come into your mind that you might journal and work out and things like that. I'm not talking about that stuff because Satan is Satan. He's going to plant things in your head and your emotions. He's going to put temptations in front of you and all that kind of stuff and things like this. But can the Lord have free reign in your home? Can he watch your viewing list? Can he look at your history on your computer And if he did, would you feel embarrassed? And if so, stop. You know what's really funny? I was with the Lord. We're hanging out. And uh, the other day, and he he said, let's go golfing. And I said, okay, let's go golfing. And so him and I went golfing. And uh, and it's amazing. I go to the golf course, and I just go, hey, you know, you got any tea times? Sure, boom. I'm on the golf course all by myself. It is an amazing thing. And I'm just like, you know, I am so taking my time. And God's gone, you know, and and the Lord says, can you love what I love and hate what I hate? I go, good question. I go, I, 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 think, I, I think I can, but is there something you want to talk to me about? Because that's an interesting question. <laughs> Dialogue with them. You know, in my heart, I heard, can you love what I love and hate what I hate? And, I, you know, and I'm thinking, it could have stopped with, yeah, I can. But I'm going like, that's an interesting question because obviously you want to dialogue about this. Okay? And he shared something with me that I know that if he showed up and I was doing that thing, I would be fine. 
But if somebody religious in my church would have found out, I feared them more than him. Interesting statement, Lord, because I really don't want to fight that battle. But you would be fine with it, but religious people wouldn't. Interesting, isn't it? Can you love the commands of God? And not fear man? Let's go to the end. Love displayed to God allows us to manifest the kingdom through generosity and manifest presence of God. That's kind of the end of that last one. You know, as we obey the commands of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich, causes us as the church and believers to be generous to one another. Okay? Amen? We have more waiters and waitresses and... Uh, in our church because of generosity. It's opened more doors because we will tip well, we'll be generous. Or if we're, you know, just the other day there was something and I was saving for a gun and, uh, and the Lord says, why don't you sell that? <laughs> okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> Thought I was done and then the Lord a friend of mine gave his gun money away, and he's believing for a gun. So the Lord says, why don't you help him get a gun? I'm going, okay, so you take my money, and now you're taking other money to be able to do this. You know what I mean? Whatever. I would rather have the results of the generosity than the possession of a new gun. I remember the joy of the cars we've given away. I don't remember any of the ones we've kept. They just got old and we sold them, gave them away, did something. Okay, that went over good. Okay. This is the one everybody pursues, but we need to pursue the love first and then this one, the gifts. These signs will follow. This is Mark 16, 17. It says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Okay, just kind of some cool stuff there. These signs will follow those who believe, and I'm going to move the punctuation, those who believe in my name. Do you believe in the name of Christ? Then these things should follow. And if they don't, you need to go golfing. <laughs> Shopping, something. And, and just kind of go, Lord, I'm not seeing this. So, what, you know, I mean, I love you and I believe, I believe that this is potential. I believe this is real. But I'm not really seeing it. But I would really love to. I'd love to have a word. I'd love to, you know, go up to Karen and go, this is what I saw when I first saw you. You know what I mean? But you got to be willing to be wrong first. You have to go out there. I've given words to people. I go, I believe this is from the Lord, blah, 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 blah. I go, does that resonate with you at all? 
Nope. <laughs> cool. All right, good. <laughs> I miss God. All right, you know what I mean? That's awesome. That's fine. I've prayed for people and watched them die. Dad, I've got friends, good friends. I've buried. But I didn't give up. I didn't give up because of my experiences, because the word says that these things will happen. And because of that, I've gotten also the chance to see miracles. And I've gotten better at discerning when to pray and when not to pray and to do those things. How? Just because I believe in the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And at this, I can do this. I can cast out demons. Well, Pastor, we live in the United States of America, and I don't think there is demons. They're all in Africa or something. You know what I mean? I've never seen a demon. Amen. You know what? Um, there's probably more of them around than you think. And sometimes when you're talking to somebody and you're getting a weird response or a bad response, just under your breath, take authority over that demon and see where the conversation goes. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. The God of this world has blinded their eyes so that they wouldn't see. Man, you start taking authority over that and you start having a conversation. It's amazing the doors that open. Come on. Okay. Uh, Paul says that I didn't want your faith to be in persuasive words, but in the power of God. Uh, I love this. Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Compassion. Being moved with compassion. What does that look like? It's not feeling sorry for somebody. That is not compassion. Compassion is feeling the heart of God for that situation. And learning when the Holy Spirit is moving you to approach somebody, to talk to somebody, to pray for somebody is very important. Amen? And so when that happens, you respond, and you know the gifts, of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gifts of healings, prophecies, words of knowledge, and all this other kind of stuff. You know, a simple prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. And it says, remember in our first scripture, it says, desire, though. It says, uh, uh, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. There are people that you're going to meet that just need to hear that. They need words of edification, exhortation, and comfort, okay? And I'm looking around this room, and I could point out several ladies right now that I know that the Lord wants to, to do that with, okay? But this is the deal. How many believers do I have in this room? Guess what? God couldn't use you. That's right. And some of you, when you walked in, there was just a drawing to a certain person. And maybe you said hi to them and didn't, but you felt a little drawing towards them. Guess what? That's the compassion of God drawing you. Or maybe you just see somebody, amen, and it's like, 